We're back and we're better. I'm your host, Luis Mueller, and finally joined by my co-host, Carson Blythe. This is season two of Loaded Talk. Season two. And this season, Loaded Talk will be like none other. We're going to have a survival style, style series. What? That's a lie. We're not actually. We're not that. actually gonna do that. Um, but <laughs> we put everyone on a baseball field and they have to like survive, and like they no. do like games like Survivor. No, today that's not what we're talking about. Today we're gonna yeah. continue the little sneak peek episode I uploaded last week about the transaction list so far this off season, and let's get started so we can just catch up on on today's news and like get actually caught up to today's news. So let's flash back to December 14th when the Boston Red Sox signed Hunter Redfro to a one-year $3.1 million deal. Um, what? The, what? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's right there. Yeah. I'm on, I am I already did the first uh, the first page. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, I would like to say that that is a good signing for them. And I had so much prepared. Um, So I <laughs> think that they're really good. I think it's a good time for them because Boston – I'm sorry, Boston's going to suck. They're gonna be um, bad. They're gonna be the worst like, team in that division. Hot take. Hot take. They're gonna be worse. They're gonna be worse than the Orioles if the Orioles um prospects and young talent come together. I don't know. They got a player named Jeter. They got a player named Mount Castle. Also, Alex Verdugo is a good player. Honestly, the Mookie Betts trade, they should have just signed him to the twelve year, sixty, three hundred sixty, big deal, big money deal. It's just yeah. that one. Um that one. They should have signed him to that. But for trading him, they got some good players. Like, Verdugo's probably a top five right fielder in the league. He's not the top one. That would be Mookie Betts. The one that you had. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, you got him plus a top prospect. I'm not angry. It would have uh, been nice if you got Verdugo and, like, Maeda. And, or or Gratterall. If you got Verdugo. You know, the one that you denied. Yeah, if they got Verdugo and Maeda, I would think that's actually a pretty decent deal. Because, like, Maeda was pretty good. Almost they got Verdugo on. and Gratterall. Gratterall would have been fine, too. It's just like... Yeah. yeah it's not going to be the best deal of all time. But Renfro, good defensive outfielder, surprisingly. Looks a lot like Mike Trout. Doesn't hit like Mike Trout. <laughs> Does not hit like Mike Trout. He, feels, he just resembles Mike Trout a lot. He looks a lot like Mike Trout. His swing looks nothing like Mike Trout. No, he, he, everything he does on a baseball field does not look like Mike Trout, except for his face. And maybe his power. And his power, yes. He has some crazy power. But Mike Trout's power is still better because he just hits better. I would say they have similar raw power, but I feel like, yeah, Mike Trout actually couldn't use it. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Couldn't even hit the barns, uh, the side of a barn door. So. Yeah. All right, well, I don't really think that's that big of a trade. I like the – not trade, signing. I like the signing. It works for the Red Sox. I mean, you lose JBJ, so you just get another gold glove outfielder. Why not? Like, why not? Yeah, why All right. not? So the next day, the Texas Rangers signed David Dahl, another right fielder, and the Mets signed James McCann. David Dahl signed a one-year $2.7 million deal, and McCann signed four years $40.6 million, which comes out to about $10 million per year. Um, David Dahl signing is great. Um, the Rockies, like, another, like Rockies are just dumb. I don't know why they let David Dahl go. I don't he know was why. He an all star in 2018. They saw him for, what, 60 games and was like, you know what? We just can't have him on our roster. He's that bad. Just can't do it. Just can't do it. Can't do it. So then and the, the Texas, Texas Rangers, Rangers were like, why not? usually a dumb franchise, did something smart. Yeah, and I like David Dahl in that, uh, that organization. He kind of yeah. fits into where Nomar Mazzara used to uh, be. 
I mean, yeah, but he's also like better than Mazzara. He is. No, he that. is. He is. Um, and like James McCann, too long of a deal. Yeah, closest to the mic. Too long of a deal. Um, and I think that they should have been like for like a twelve million dollar, maybe like three year deal at the max, maybe like a thirteen five two year deal. I would been fine with. I think forty million is a little bit of a high asking price. But it's only ten million a year. It's not yeah, that. But like, it's not that. I don't expensive want. I don't want James McCann in four years. That's that's fa- valid. That's valid. Like that's for me, that, if yeah, you're no, running an organization, true. the way. But I also don't says, want anyone like another catcher for four years. Like, there's no other catcher I want for four years except for maybe Yasmani Grandal, but he signed that two years ago. I'd probably want Will Smith in four years. Well, I'm talking about a free agent catcher. I'd want Yachty just because... For four years. You want Yachty for four years. You know, the one who could retire at any moment because of how old he is. The one who's almost 40, you want for four years. If he's made it to 40, I think he can make it to 43. 44. I think he could make it to 44. No. He's just built different. Would I want Buster Posey for four more years? I don't even want him now. (laughs) But, like, that's a whole other topic. Because he's just not... I think we should keep him on the roster, but he's not our starting catcher. He is not good. Oh, no, he's not good. Mike I like Cito, it. I like I like it for James McCann, though. I like I like the Mets. I don't they, want James McCann in four years. No, the only reason why I say I like it now is because they needed a catcher, and they went out and they, also, they addressed like, it. Also, like, I'm 90% sure he once set a racial slur to someone. That's why he's not in Detroit. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Oh, that's not okay. It's really not, but you Especially know... Especially since you just traded for Carlos Carrasco and Francisco Lindor. I mean, yeah. But he also, like... I'm not worried about it. I feel like that was a mistake. It was like an old. It was like when all those Twitter things were coming out. Yeah. It was like yeah. then, but like I feel like I feel like he's really cleaned up his act. He's an adult now. I don't really care. Like I'd rather them sign Ramudo, but also Ramudo's gonna be a bust. So like, it's probably a better signing for them. It's better to avoid the bust at the end. Like I wouldn't. I I don't care that if like if I were any good team, I'm not on the Giants. So like. If I were the Giants and I had no catcher, and I'd be like, you know what? Should we sign Ramudo? I would be like, don't sign Ramudo because he's going to be terrible, and that's going to be more money, and we're not going to win, and we're going to cry, and we're never going to do anything. And I'd prefer to sign James McCann. Well, actually, I prefer to sign nobody. And just wait. Yes, I agree. I would sign Yachty, but I would just sign. That's why. That's why I'm talking on this podcast and not behind a desk. No, I should definitely be behind. I am actually behind a desk. I am near a desk, and I should be behind a desk because you know what. I make I call good players before they're good all the time, and no one says anything about me. What happened to your man's Jimmy Nelson? He the big sweat. Yet. He ain't good yet. If, I I know he's gonna be good. The I big feel sweat. that he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good eventually. He was injured. Don't, when he's not injured, he's gonna be good. Don't don't yell. When he's injured, he's not. He's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. I promise. All right. Then the next day, the Tampa Bay Rays re-signed Mike Zanino to a one-year, three million dollar deal. I like it. I mean, it makes sense for the Rays. They didn't want any anyone too expensive. Zanino's not good offensively, and it, but if he makes contact, that ball is hit five hundred feet. I think Zanino is like decent. Um, I think that he's I'm more good defensively. About, um, someone we'll talk about later, Francisco yeah. Mejia. Yeah. Um, which actually we'll talk about pretty soon. But like, I think he's more of their catcher of the future. I really like him. I remember he's top prospect. I think he has a lot of talent, and I think it's a good Rays player to acquire. Zanino's more of a fallback option slash second catcher in my mind because he's just not good. He can catch well, which is what they need, and that's all they care about. So, worst comes to worst, I view him as like a safety net in case Francisco Mejia burns up in a flame because he might. Yeah. And 
if worse comes to worse, they get someone who knows their pitching staff, who knows how to field, who can be there behind the plate for them. It'll be yeah. great. Hitting-wise, he's not going to hit for you, but, you know. Which catcher does? <laughs> Ramuda wants $200 million. He barely hits. He just hits above average. There's no, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's not many pickings. There, there's there's slim, not like an elite there's hitting catcher. Pickings. Yeah, Shut there's up, slim Gary pickings. Sanchez, France. He's not an elite hitting catcher. You have to do it consistently. There's and a maybe very, Will Smith, but he's too young. Very slim pickings of catchers on the market. Um, so I mean, the Rays just the Rays just got oh the lucky I uh, not lucky but the safe bet. The Rays acquired the familiar face that knows what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. At exactly. the worst comes to worst, he doesn't have to relearn the pitching staff. Well, he might because they trade away their whole pitching staff. Um, but he knows a lot of them. Yeah, he knows a lot of them. He knows the, the coaching staff. He knows, he knows the, the team. Clubhouse. He's going to be angry yeah. at Kevin Cash. Like, all those things yeah. you need. Yeah, you need all those things to be successful. Um, then we go over to Christmas Eve on December 24th. The Pittsburgh Pirates dropped the bomb on the, the MLB the MLB world because I was not expecting this at By all. By trading their most talented player to the nothing. Washington Nationals for absolutely nothing. It was Will Crow and Eddie Ian I for think Josh Bell. They're not nothing. They're their fourth and fifth prospect, but they also trade Josh Bell at his worst possible value. Which is not th- This is nothing. This is, this is why Pittsburgh... On both of our rankings, we're the lowest team. No, it's because their closer did something unspeakable. Well, yeah, that too. But I mean, like, it's that because they actively they actively go out to like ruin baseball. They actively hurt baseball. They actively hurt baseball. Like, why would you trade Josh Bell now? Like, you- everyone wanted him last year, and you were like, nah, we we can compete next year, and then didn't. And we're like, you know what? He had a really bad year, so anyone who wants him, take him. Um, I think that's terrible, actually, because like, that's not how you run a franchise. They, it, you know, it says something if they honestly placed lower than the Detroit Tigers, because the Detroit Tigers almost killed their manager. Yeah, actually, he was a famous twin manager who led the playoffs. Many times. He literally led said the that he was to being scared. the first round exit in the playoffs. Made. He literally had. He literally said to the media that he was scared for his life and then retired. Um, but for all that is, the Pittsburgh Pirates suck. They're gonna suck even more now. Um, if you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, why consider the Philadelphia Phillies? And that's me saying something. Or or something. even Cleveland or Cincinnati, somewhere around the area. I would think more Cincinnati. I wouldn't vote for Cleveland. They lost Lindor. Yeah, I'm I would sure go a more huge Cincy. Bieber fan. But then again, since he also lost so. Trevor Bauer, it's just really bad in that area well, right now. Maybe like the Nationals. That's not that close to Pitt. I'd go for the Phillies. They're broke, but I'd go for the Phillies. Uh, th- that's your best bet. Uh, if they lose Rio Muto, then probably. You know what? Screw it. Join the Giants fan base. We got nothing, but we have it, something in each other. You have nothing, but they're happy. All right, moving on. We go. Four days later, December 28th, the San Diego Padres signed Ha-Seong Kim that for great pronouncing. four years, $28 million, and that comes out to $7 million per year. Would How like would you apologize. pronounce it? I'm not going to, because I'm from the South, and we are historically bad at pronouncing it. I don't know how to pronounce it, and I will apologize, because I will be butchering it. Yeah, I apologize as I'm well. I'm going to call him Kim. I will also call him Kim. My boy H. Kim. The only reason why I didn't is because there's a lot of Kims. Yeah, it's fair. But I think I really like this trade or you know signing because I think he's supposed to be a top prospect out of Korea. I like it. I think he could play a good utility player. It's basically they have Jake Cronenworth 
Um, which they still have Jay Cronenworth, which is kind of crazy. So they have Jay Cronenworth and his 2.0. Yeah, but I think he's good. He's supposed to be really talented, supposed to have a lot of tools. He reminds me a little bit of what a Rosarina was when he got acquired, where he's like a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. Um, and I think he's going to do good things for him. Maybe in the vein of, well, he's going to do great things like the Jung Hun Ho. Like what he oh, did for the Jung, Pirates Jung, before he killed someone with a car. Yes, Jung Ho Park or whatever yeah, his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's going to be like that sort of value, but not this sort of ending. Jung Ho Kong. Yeah. Jung Ho Kong. Jung Ho Kong. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. him. Um, but yeah, no, I can see that. I can definitely see that. He's going to be a solid player for the Padres. That I was a great pickup. And that was the beginning of a large offseason for the Padres because the very next day, after signing Kim, they go ahead and start the day off, well, I guess end the night because it was really early in the morning at like 1 in the morning. They traded for Blake Snell, for Luis Patino, Francisco Mejia, Blake Hunt, and Cole Wilcox. Um, I think this is an even trade for both. I, I think the Rays won later, but the Padres won now. I think the Rays won this trade. I think it's and even. I know that's a hot take. That's steaming hot. Because everyone's like, why did the Rays trade Blake Snell? No. The Rays traded Blake Snell because this is what the Rays does. Why do you think the Rays traded... Well, the Emily Gordy trade didn't work out. But, like, why do you think the Rays <laughs> traded James Shields? Why do you think they traded Matt Garza? Why do you Chris think they Archer. traded Chris Archer? Even though Chris Archer just... They got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I don't know how, but, like, but they did. They trade everyone like this. All the time. They traded Ben Zobris. They traded everybody. That's what they do. That, they, that's that's their style. That's the, how they run honestly, their franchise. honestly, the talent they got back is really, really good. It is. Like, Luis Patino, I think, could end up being a better starter than Blake Snell. That is a key that you don't see in a lot of prospect packages. That's what gets for me. Is For me, like for that to be a good deal for the other team to win, they have to get a player that could be better than the player they gave up. The star player they gave up. Mm-hmm. And I think Patino could be better than Snow. Because I think Patino is disgusting. No, I think he's disgusting. He's young, I think he's, he's going to he's gonna be really good. And he has a high cap. But the reason why I say the Padres won now is because they have that now. And that's what they needed now. So, like, it makes sense. They didn't have room for Patino. And, like, as much as, he, as, as dirty as he is, where is he going to fit in that rotation? Even without Blake Snow there. How, well, where, this is all before the deals. But, yeah. That's true. That's true. But, like, you have to you have to – at least consider that they would know that something's going to be happening. Like, this was a plan. Like, they weren't just being like, they're not just going to say, screw it, let's trade Luis, Luis Patino for Blake Snell and a bunch of other players all at once, just but for whatever. So like it was Luis a plan. Patino, it was a plan. No, no, no. I know Francisco Mejia is also a really good Francisco prospect Mejia for the Rays. could be one of the best catchers the Rays have had. And like, that's huge. Ever because they don't have good catching. Because ever. they need good catching. But, like, they could have a good catcher. Blake, I think it's Cole Wilcox, was a first-round talent last year's draft. And another reason why I say Blake the Padres win it player. now, the re- another reason why I say they win it now is because, these, yes, these are, like, really good prospects, but they're not, like, they're they're not hurting the Padres. Like, losing them isn't hurting the Padres. That's because the Padres have an unreal amount of depth. I get it. I get it. They win now. But at the end of the day, I could see by this year, Luis Patino and Chris Mejia having more of value put together than Blake Snow. 
That's fair. Even I mean, I'm year, not denying I that. I could see Patino coming up in the second half, or maybe even the early first half. I think that's true. Well. I think that's true, especially for the Rays, because the, Ra- the Rays coaching staff is ridiculous. They just breed And if they have All-Stars. a good hitter with Prince who can throw out runners, like that's going to be more valuable than what they had. I like this deal a lot. I will flip 180, and I think the, the next trade we're going to talk about is with the Padres is completely the opposite. But I think the Rays, it's, it's honestly a story of its same day. Same day, same trades, but, like, it's a story between a smart franchise and a dumb franchise. Yeah, it is. I'm like... It is. And it's it, and it, it's eye-opening because the next trade he's talking about is the Chicago Cubs trading Hugh Darvish, Victor, Victor Caratini, and Cash to the San Diego Padres for Zach Davies, Re, Reginald Preciado. Sorry for the pronunciation. Sorry for this one, too. Jason Santana, Ishmael Mena, and Owen Casey. So the reason why the Rays got a good haul is not because they're early. It's not because they're gonna break out this year and be really good. It's because they're smart. They it's know what they these need. These players are players that I could easily see succeeding. I don't know what the Cubs acquired. The Cubs acquired a bunch of eighteen-year-old and nineteen-year-old players for you, Darvish. I know people are gonna be like, "Oh, but they're not. Their next competitive window is gonna be then." But I will give someone, and you can record me on this, and you will, because it's gonna be in the show. I will give someone. $50 in the next Cubs contentative window if any of these players are even remotely worth anything. Yeah, no, I... I'll I give agree. someone $100. That's right. $100 if d- any of these players matter in the next Cubs contention window. Yeah, no, I doubt it. Other than maybe Zach Davies because they might continue this year. That's fair. No, that's fair. Other than Zach Davies. Like, other than contending next year... And the only other thing I would say... Because this trade does not go for next year. The only other thing I would say is that Blake Snell didn't... Like, they didn't need to trade Blake Snell. The Cubs needed to trade Udarvis. They had less, like, leverage. That's true. They had much less leverage. Like, Blake Snell wasn't on the block. Blake Snell, like, his uh, his deal wasn't eating up the books for the Rays. He was well, on our... It was, our, actually. It was, because the Rays are really broke. But I'm saying, like, it's not, like, insane where they have to get it off the books. Or, like, they, they had him for two more years of control. Like, they could have done whatever they wanted with him. They didn't need to, so they had more leverage. The Cubs, on the other hand, they were, their hands were tied. Like, their hands were tied. This was a salary dump. Well, they also... Unfortunately, the hand, it was a salary dump. They, should Darvish, have got, they definitely should have got more. You Darvish is a better player than Blake Snell, which he is. No, I, I, I think so, too. But then, like, there's just a little... There, there's just little Plus things here Carantini, and there. they got his own personal catcher. That's true, that's true. And they gave up cash... That's true. Like, if this was just a salary dump, there would be no cash. Yeah, that's true. But it's not. So I don't like it. Like, you should not be paying anything. If you didn't pay nothing and got this salary, I'd be like, oh, it's a salary dump. They got maybe someone to contend in the future. Fine. But now I see them as they gave up money for players that aren't very good. Like, that, that may be good in the future, but I doubt will be anything worth anything. Yeah. And trust me, I don't know. We're, Reginald Perciato might be the next MVP of the league. Who knows? Because I thought the James Shields trade made no sense to me. But then yeah. again, it turned out that Fernando Tatis was in it as a 17-year-old. So, yeah. who knows? That's true. I mean, anything can happen, but I don't know. Right now, the and Cubs Tatis are looking really dumb. White Sox. That's crazy. Imagine that. Yeah. That would have been insane. Yeah. Insane. Jim Anderson probably would have played second. 
Yeah, that would have been insane. Anyway, what I was saying was, like, anything could happen. Like, you never know about these guys. Like, they could just come up and be really talented. But as of right now, the Cubs look really dumb in their, this trade. Like, they yeah, didn't really Unlike the much. race, who I argue got... They could... You could argue... You could argue... You could argue like, that the Rays won that trade, but you cannot argue to me that the Cubs won this like trade. Like, besides for a really injury-prone year and the first half of 2019, Hugh Darvish has been arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry... He's insane. He's, he's been, been really good. He was good. fantastic last year. Arguably should have won the Cy Young. Yeah. Like, depending on what stats you look at. And when he was in Dodgers. Texas, he was unhittable. Texas, he was great. The Dodgers, size for postseason error against the Astros. Who cheated. Who said they cheated in that series. And, and then, then screwed he, up his whole rhythm for the next two years. And he was great for the Dodgers down the stretch. He was great for the Cubs in second 2019. And he almost won a Cy Young in 2020. I'm sorry. You Darvish is really good. And it's like this. He's the race. I'm sorry. He's the race. You don't get the personal catcher for a a pitcher unless he's your ace. That's true. That's true. Like Victor Carrington. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like that's ridiculous. And I think that they got they fleeced the heck out of them. They really did. Like the the Cubs got ransacked. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Well, this day was a busy day because there was another trade. Another big trade involving the Tampa Bay Rays. They traded Jose Alvarado to the Philadelphia Phillies in a three-team trade, where the Dodgers also traded Dylan Paulson and a player to be named later to the Rays. And then the Philadelphia Phillies traded Garrett Clevenger to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the main piece of this trade is Jose Alvarado to the Phillies. And the reason why I included this is because this is a huge piece to their bullpen. They had a really bad bullpen, statistically, ERA-wise, the worst in the league by a long shot. Yeah. Um, so this is a huge piece to the, the, I guess, broken puzzle of the Phillies' bullpen because it's bad. It's bad there in Philly. I'd rather be Philadelphia than the Angels, but I agree. Yeah, no, I agree with you too. I'd rather be Philadelphia than the Angels because the Angels just can't close a game, and that's much more heartbreaking every time it happens than it is than just going in and be like, oh, like we're gonna lose this anyway because of our bullpen. And it also says a lot when Sam Coonrod joins your your team and it gets better. But that's not the point. No, the point of this is that Jose Alvarado is a good player, and the Phillies actually did a good trade. They made a yeah. good trade. Dylan now, Paulson will probably be a top prospect. I was just I about to say think that the Dodgers didn't need to be. The Dodgers meddle their business in trades that they have no right to be in. No, not at all. Like, sometimes it really works out for them. Like, when they meddled in the Dodgers-Mookie Betts trade. Yes. They meddled like crazy, and they ended up getting so much for it. Uh-huh. In terms yep. of this trade, I don't know who Garrett Clevenger is, but he was labeled as a non-prospect, and Dylan Paulson was labeled as a prospect. So I don't know why you gave him and a player to be named later for Garrett Clevenger. Don't know why you wanted him. And Jose Alvarado is a good piece for the Philadelphia Phillies, but he also like is shrouded in a lot of controversy because I think he was domestically violent. I think he was too. I think that's why he didn't play this year. Yeah, I think and that's like, why he didn't play this year. That's kind of not it. That's kind of not it. But the, you have to remember where we're talking about. They really don't care. They signed Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's actually been pretty good though. For him. He's actually not been terrible. No, he hasn't. But he does bring a lot of controversy within the clubhouse. I wouldn't say outside the clubhouse, but within the clubhouse, you you saw a history of like of a cancer in the clubhouse. That's fair. 
He actually hasn't been that for a He hasn't. Like, he actually has been really good at rallying his troops together, to be honest. He asked them to get rid of... He, they wanted to re-sign JG, and they said, yo, we should re-sign JT. He's been always for his teammates. I like Bryce Harper. Yeah, Bryce Harper actually turned Bryce Harper's around. an adult. From the yeah. Washington Nationals to now, you can see his maturity levels rise. Yeah, and his playing has been really consistent. Yeah. To be honest. All right, now going to the contracts that were signed on December 29th. The Kansas City Royals signed Irvin Santana to a one-year, $1.5 million deal. The Dodgers signed Tommy Canely to a two-year, $5.25 million deal. That's $2.6 million per year. And then the Twins signed Hanzo Robles to a one-year, $2 million deal. I think these are all just Um, I don't care about the KC signing. I think Irvin Santana is just a budget starter. He'll probably get a starting rotation job. If he sucks, they'll just release him. Hansel Robles, same story. And Tommy the Angels Canley, bullpen. Tommy Canley is actually a pretty good deal, in my Tommy opinion. Tommy Canley, I'm really mad about um, because they sh- they're paying him almost nothing for a reliever. It's probably gonna be really good next year. Yeah, he, the only reason why they're paying him nothing is because he just had Tommy John. I'm aware, not happy. So that's why they're paying him nothing. So if he doesn't perform well because of the surgery, that's good for everyone. But if he performs the way he definitely can, like he did in the Yankee uniform, it's gonna be very bad oh, for the White league. Sox uniform. Yeah, or in a White Sox uniform, yeah. yeah. But, like, it's going to be really bad for the league because the, oh. the Dodgers are going to win the World Series again, and it's going to make me sad. Yeah, it's even worse. We have another Dodgers trade or a signing. Yep. I hate talking about the Dodgers. Um, So, L.A. signs Blake Trinan, which is a great signing, and I'm surprised no one took him up. Well, they are signing a reliever for $9 million, which is a lot of money. Yeah, it's two hand, years, 17.5. He's known to have one of the most unhittable pitches in baseball. But, you know, whatever. I guess yeah, they don't sign him. the Dodgers yeah. signed Blake Trinan to a two-year, seventeen-point-five million-dollar deal, and I agree. Like, it's a good deal, even though it's kind of expensive for a, for a reliever. It's a really good deal because, like, the Dodgers' biggest weakness was bullpen for all these years. And last year, when they finally patched it, you saw what they can do, and now they know who works in their bullpen, and they're using it. Blake Trinan was one of them in that in the uh, postseason because I mean he closed out the World Series. I know. Close out game six. Was angry. Yeah, so this is a good pickup again for the uh, Dodgers, and I like it. You're a Dodgers fan. I don't like you. But it's a great signing. Good job. Great signing. Let's talk about a team that I also don't like. The Houston Astros. They signed Ryan Stanek to a one-year $1.1 million deal. This is just a little thing that I decided to uh, include because Ryan Stanek's not terrible, but he's not bad. Ryan Stanek. All right, no. Ryan Stanek's about to win. about to be one of the best closers in upset of men in baseball next year. Um, oh, because, probably. Oh, no. He's I disgusting because he throws over happen? 100. He throws over 100 already. Yeah. He, he's nasty already, and he's going to go to a team that's known for cheating and doctoring baseballs, and he's going to do that and then become a literal animal. So, easy does it. Going to be one of the best um, relievers in baseball next year. Probably sign a upwards of $7 million deal, and everyone's going to think I'm crazy now, and then they're going to be like, oh, I really want my team to sign Ryan Stanek next offseason. Because you are, and that's what's going to happen. I don't doubt it because Houston actually is known for cheating and doctoring I'm baseballs. I've watched many videos about it. Yeah. And that leads me to another team that might be doctoring baseballs because they're insane at pitching. The Cleveland Indians. No, Cleveland Indians are not doctoring. Okay, they might be. I'm not saying they're not. But they do it completely differently. That's like, fair. That's fair. They That's have fair. all their pitchers are the exact same. And you just don't realize it. They're all the exact same. They all throw like mid to low 90s. Um, they all use movement, control, and confidence, and they literally just build the same player. And they're all easy to learn. Like, Cleveland Indians literally have a pitching machine. 
every pitcher that goes there, like people like Cal Quantrill, they've acquired, is just like them. He's probably gonna break out this year. Like I promise you, they they're not. Josh Wolf probably be great as pitcher. <laughs> Trust me, all their pitchers have short arms. Like they all short arm baseballs. They all throw strikes with fastballs. They all have low to mid nineties fastballs. They all have movement. They all have great secondary pitches, and they all pitch the exact same. It's crazy. Trust me, Shane Bieber is the exact same as Corey Kluber. You just don't realize it. Just that's cre- wild. No, I promise you, it's actually crazy. Uh, well, anyway, the Cleveland Indians break groundbreaking news. They trade Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, the Cookie Monster, to the New York Mets for Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, Josh Wolf, and Isaiah Green. And I kind of like this trade for the Mets. I kind of liked it. I didn't like it at first because I didn't think you needed Lindor. I'm not high in Lindor. And I was like, why would you get Lindor if you have Rosario? I understand he's better, but, like, why? Like, there's no point. No, I always thought it was a good trade. It's a good trade for both parties. Because on it one is. hand, I've never liked Ahmed Rosario in my life. I think he's one of the most overrated players in baseball. I think so, too, but he's rated high. So I'm always like, just whatever. Sure, keep him. No, I think Lindor... I think Lindor and Carrasco are going to be great there. That's going to be um, an amazing pickup, Carrasco. Cleveland, everyone's like, oh, why did you do this? It's a sad day. And then Rosario is batting over 300 on the road. He just sucks at home. He's like batting like 220 at home. 2019, batted over 300 at home. Uh, on a way, batted 220 on the road. Like at home. I, I could put it okay, yes. He you know batted I mean? over 300 away, but in City Field, Field, he hit under 220. I think that Ahmed Rosario should be their full-time second baseman this year. And I think Jimenez, who is a former top prospect with a great hit tool and a great glove, should be their shortstop. shortstop. Um, and I think the other two players are probably going to end up being decent, as most bottom-of-the-trade players are for Cleveland Indians. Um, I think that Francisco Lindor is probably going to sign an extension soon. He probably it's will. be too much money, and he's not going to be worth it. Um, trust me, most people don't agree with that, but it's true. I don't think he's going to be worth it either. Um, he doesn't have the same like he's natural pop as... Mookie Betts is not natural pop. No, I'm not talking about Mookie yeah. Betts. I'm talking about he doesn't have the natural pop as like other shortstops in the, in, in the league. He doesn't have the, like, the natural... like. He's naturally talented, don't get me wrong, but he's just he doesn't have the same like Like I'm excitement. not gonna stand here and tell you that Francisco Lindor isn't a top three shortstop in the game. He's amazing. He's really good. That. He's really good. I but, will contest he's not the best shortstop in the game. Yeah. But I'm not gonna say he's not a top three. No, I think it's Tre- Trevor Story, Trey Turner, and Lindor. Mm, yeah. And I think fourth is Seeger. And that, uh, and that fourth is Seeger, yeah. I think Trey Turner is criminally underrated. I think Trey Turner is honestly the best shortstop in the league. Like, now that I'm thinking about it. I think like, it's Trevor's story over Trey Turner. Because I don't think so. He does things Trey Turner does, but he does it really well. Like, he does, he hits for but more power. But also, there's no cores effect. That's true. And that for me, true. there's no cores effect on Trey Turner. Trey Turner is an animal. He doesn't feel as well as story. This but isn't. I'm this isn't. This isn't what what the, what we're talking about. We're I talking know. about Francisco Lindor. Let's not get really, too far off topic. Of all the players here, I think that them getting Carlos Carrasco makes this a better trade for the Mets. Yes, that's what I was saying. You, I think if they'd got this package for just Lindor, I would be saying that that's an even trade. Maybe a little bit in Cleveland's advantage, but Carrasco is criminally underrated. Like Carrasco yeah. is good. And Carrasco's be, really good. He's good. He's the opposite of the clubhouse cancer. Everybody loves Carlos Carrasco. Yeah. He just fought against leukemia and won. Yeah. Everyone loves Carlos He's a Carrasco. fan favorite among the league, let alone his own team. And then you got him on your starting rotation that needed one more pitcher. I think Carrasco's good. He'll probably be just as good as Bauer. I know people think Bauer's great, and Bauer is good, but, like, 
he's dirty. Yeah. He's just good. Like he's I just think dirty. Carrasco's like if you got a Carrasco esque if you got Carrasco's prime from Bauer and you sign him to a, the contract Bauer wants, I think you'd be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't I'm not pissed off about that. And Carrasco can still pitch. Like he's yeah, still no, like a good still pro good. load of mid three. Good. And that's fine. Well, besides that, that was it for the 7th of January and the 8th. And then on the 9th, the Washington Nationals signed Kyle Schwarber to a one-year $10 million deal. And I think this is good for the Nats because they needed offensive help. Like, they, they've been dying for offensive help. No, the help. Nationals are – they're competitive. It's a weird team to see. Like, they remind me a lot of, like, the late 2010s. How, like, their competitive window is clearly closed, but they don't believe it. Yeah, no, that's true. And I honestly don't think that the Nationals believe their window is closed because they have Soto, they have Turner, they have pitching. Yeah. They're pitching. Max Scherzer's old. Max Scherzer's 37 or something like that. I believe Max Scherzer will have a great year this year. I can't dispute that because Max Scherzer will come to my house and yell at me if I don't say that. I think he will He's have a good year. He's just so competitive and so good. And Strasburg, how are you going to count Strasburg? Strasburg signing, like, yes, you had to sign Strasburg. I'm sorry. Strasburg had to be signed. If you didn't sign Strasburg, you failed the last year. But on the other season. hand, like, how does Strasburg pitch? He doesn't. He's injured all yes. the time. And, like, I get it. And I just don't. I think Josh Bell was a great trade for them. I think their lineup won't be terrible. I just see their pitching riddled with injuries. And their bullpen not good enough. And I don't know. They have a lot of players on long deals that, while I agree, you needed to do it to win the ring. Maybe the flags fly forever, remember. Maybe they're odd number. Maybe they're an odd number team. No. I just think they're not good. Um, I think that they lack depth as a team. Their top-end talent is some of the best talent in the league. But they they have no mid range talent. They have no depth. They have no. They like, have no mid range talent. They have no starting depth. I would argue they have more top end talent than some of the best teams in the league. Like yeah. I say, they have more top end talent. Strasburg, the Indians, Tr- Turner, they have more Soto. top end talent than, in my opinion, I think that maybe not. The only teams like I think have more top end talent are the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Yankees. Think about it this way. A lot of the teams in the middle have that issue. Having a lot of good top-end talent, no, but, but no depth. The Nationals are a different breed. No, no. The There's Nationals, no, no, no. no. I agree. That. I agree the Nationals are a different breed, but you have to realize, like, a lot of the middle, like, mediocre teams are like that. That's, like, for example, the Angels. It's not as... as they're it, the it, only it, team like that. Like, I would argue there's not any other ones. Like, like the Brewers... The Brewers have one top, I guess. Yelich, Hayter, Williams, and then uh, their two uh, pitchers, Woodruff. That's okay. The Brewers, I think it's just the Brewers, Angels, and Nationals. Like the Giants are the opposite of that. They have almost no top end talent. What about the Phillies? They just have Harper and Nola, and not Realmuto anymore. Yeah, like I just don't like I don't see them having any mid tier talent that makes the great championship teams so good. Yeah. That's what makes the Yankees compete without any yeah. star players. Is yeah. you have that good the Rays are just filled with middle tier talent. Yeah. That's just what they have. They're literally just middle tier talent and then like Austin Meadows and their pitching staff. Yeah. Essentially. Well Austin Meadows has had a bad year last he year. Did I know what you mean. Year. 
I I would argue their second baseman's better. Like brand, it's like they have top tier talent, low, yeah. but it's a lot of mid tier that competes yeah. all the time. And like I think that the national, I think Kyle Schwarber brings in a middle tier talent, and that's what you have to do. That's why I think Josh Bell does too. Yeah, like Josh I Bell, agree, yeah. Josh Bell has star potential, but right now he's more of a middle tier talent. So is mind. so is Kyle Schwarber. Uh, a great pickup for them would be Jock Peterson if they didn't get Schwarber. I think Schwarber's a better one because I at least know that Schwarber's been improving on defense every year. That's fair. That's so fair. he if he improves again, he could be average. If he's average defense with his bat, that's good. That's a good signing. And honestly, I think the Nationals just don't have money. That's my issue with the Nationals. Is like the Nationals competitive window. The twenty twenties are gonna be a rough year for National fans. Like you won your World Series. That's so true. They won their World Series. And they are not going to contend in the 2020s. No, they they stand no chance. Uh, in all honesty, some pitchers they're paying too much money. they're paying their pitchers way too much. Like Patrick Corbin should not be making the amount of money he's making. No, not but the thing is, is why I don't really mind it, and I get it. Like it's, it's because, because you needed to win the World Series, and you did. Flags fly forever, dog. I don't care. No, I understand that, but like. I, w- I want to win a flag, but I also don't want to like throw my team away for the next decade. Nah, I'm throwing But them sometimes, away. sometimes you have to. Like, I'm throwing them away, dog. But sometimes you have to. I'm saying, I think that you have to just because, like, d- no team does it. Like, I'm sorry, the reason they won the World Series is because they threw their money to the win and they said, you know what, we're winning this damn World Series. And guess what? They won it. And I think that the Nationals have so much top-tier talent that if they just add some middle-tier talent, it'll go such a long way. I, I think so, too. They just need they just don't have money to do that. They don't, because they're paying too many people too much money. Yeah. And honestly, it's really unfortunate because they could really use it, um, but they don't have it. And I just think that it's going to one day... That these teams, like, they're just not going to be good. But guess what? You won the first World Series in Expos Nationals history. Yeah. And I think that in the end of the day, you need to be proud of what you did, not what's going to happen. And that's because you're not the Yankees. You don't have an unreasonable competitive window that causes you to, to be competitive all the time. For absolutely no reason. Yeah. Yes. No, that makes sense. I agree with you. I just think that Kyle was a good signing, nonetheless. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that's very true. Uh, I think there's a more important transaction that had to happen today. Oh, on the ninth, yeah, yeah. But there like, was there I was think a blockbuster. Is a great trade. Yeah, there was blockbuster. a blockbuster trade from a the San, Fran- San Francisco Giants on January 9th, and it is the relief pitcher Sam Coonrod getting traded to the Philadelphia Phillies to improve their bullpen to someone. To- to improve their bullpen for someone named Carson Ragsdale. It's a beautiful trade. It's a beautiful trade. Top 10 of 10. Honestly, I hope we do off-season grades eventually. Five stars. But San Francisco Giants. Break my status. BMS, break my status. Without Sam Coonrod, we would have made the postseason. And I know you can't blame one player. But you but can. I'm going to blame one player because I've seen him blow so many leads. Like, let's let's look. His Gabe stats Kapler, in 2020. His stats in 2020. I used to really talk a lot of BS about Gabe Kapler. And yes, in the end of the day, I've realized that Gabe Kapler is a great player manager. Everyone who ever played for him loved him. But the problem is, the man 
if you try to say what do, what do pitchers come out of, and you know it's bullpen. I know it's bullpen. You know it's bullpen. He wouldn't know what a bullpen was if it like hit him in the side of the head. He doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. He doesn't know what they are. He doesn't know how they work. And that's the problem. Is because you put relievers with ten ERAs in one run games. What do you expect to happen? It's bad, and like I understand, last year or twenty nineteen, he had a pretty good year. He had twenty eight innings pitched with a three point five eight ERA, which is pretty solid. So like, if you get that kind of Coonrod with the the Phillies, then like, that's a that's a good trade. I want no Coonrod. That's a good trade. No, but, but I, last time but, I saw Coonrod, he could not even touch the strike zone. The last time Coonrod touched the mound was in San Francisco at a pitcher's ballpark, and he threw a nine point eight two ERA up. In fourteen points, he innings. wasn't even throwing strikes, dog. Like it was bad. It was really bad. It was. I, I watched it as well. It was. It was a disgrace, actually. So, it's a good trade if they get the the rookie Coonrod, but if they get the the sophomore slump Coonrod, then it's really bad. I think I figured it out. What? Sam Coonrod. Like the reason why the Giants keep thinking they're competitive, it's a culture thing. What do you mean? Like, you know how the Giants always think they're going to win and they're never going to win? Yeah. It's a culture thing because they have that winning culture. Like, they constantly think they're going to win yeah, because so of the culture. What, what was so ah? Uh, because I, I never knew why they did that. I never why they didn't just say, oh, we need to rebuild. We suck. Oh, no. It's it's definitely the winning culture and the expectation. Eh. Sam Kumarot should be gone because he doesn't do either one of those things. No, he doesn't. He doesn't help a rebuild, and nor does he help win now. So I'm glad that he's gone. No more and Kuma. I'm also glad if that if I they... see him resign, I'm going to become a. I heard this Carson kid is dirty, bro. Right. I heard this Carson Big Ragsdale rag. guy. Big rag. When he makes his debut, I heard um one of our co-hosts is gonna go to the game. Yes, I most likely will. Not go because it's all the way across the country. Yes. Anyway, the five days later, the San Francisco Giants are active again. Signing Alex Wood to a one-year, $3 million deal. Okay, I'd like to take a timeout before yeah. I talk about this. Um, he has two-plus pitches. Who? Carson Rags. I just searched it. He has two. 55 curveball, 55 fastball with 50 control. Mm. That's 50 better than Sean Kumra. He would get a zero control. He would get, he would get none. The first ever below a 20 to 80 on a 20-80 scale. Yeah. Yeah. He would get 19. He would. He would. I think that Alex Wood is the best signing ever as an LMB The Show fan because he's a gold mine of good pitching. Um, <laughs> He just is. Um, If he's healthy, honestly, he gives you 130, 140 good innings. If he's not healthy, uh, we're only paying him $3 million. That's it. So <laughs> that matters. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We need a lefty out of the rotation. We got one for super cheap that could be really good. This is an S plus tier signing. You know, he hasn't really been good since twenty eighteen. Yeah, but was he good in twenty eighteen? He was, three six eight. That's what I thought. But in twenty nineteen he had a five eight and in twenty nineteen. Yeah, like look at the innings. He wasn't like That's true. That's he, true. He hasn't pi- he's only pitched like forty seven innings. That's if he was a rookie he wouldn't even qualify. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to worry about it. I like him. He's a good pitcher. He's just old. Oh, he's not even that old. He's only 30. So that's a good signing. I he's like that. He's 30 years old, 3 million. Reclamation. Reclamation projects. The Giants love the reclamation projects. You know. Because they always work out, of course. That's just the Giants. That's how they do it. Mm-hmm. 
So it's working. I could and then the Yankees <laughs> actually. Because to be honest with you, I could probably throw a four year. The Yankees the next day too. saw a reclamation po- project and was like, you know what, Giants? I'm going to try a little something that you do. And let's sign Corey Kluber to a one year, $5 million deal. And it's so crazy how that's not going to work out. <laughs> it's so crazy how he's going to pitch one inning and then be hurt. Because I love. So he I, is I, very actually, in prone. theory, I like love this deal. Because I think it's actually an $11 million deal. Oh, I lied. It is eleven million dollars. Like, I apologize. Um, I think it's a great signing for any club that isn't the Yankees. Um, I think that theoretically, if we lived in a vacuum, this is a great signing for the Yankees. But the problem is the Yankees um haven't fired their man trainer yet, or whoever stops the injuries. Yeah, whoever's because supposed this to team, not... I've never. They must have like the top tier medical finding injury research. Because yeah. they'll find anything, man. They find if anything I and everything. If I eat the wrong meal, they'll say I have a hernia. I'll yeah, be out for honestly. six months. It's bad. Like, so, like, Corey Kluber is also known for being injury prone. So, this well, might not be the he's best. He's only pitched trade. one inning in the last two years. He pitched some in 2018. It was good. It's a 5.5 ERA. Yeah. But Corey Kluber is probably going to not pitch very much for the Yankees. He might have one or two good starts. He might actually be decent if he can stay healthy because he is a. He is a, like, not contact pitcher. Obviously, he strikes a lot of people out, but he's a sinker ball pitcher. So he won't give up the no, fly I ball. No, I think he's going to be great in a vacuum. But if I'm, you, see, the problem is. I don't think it's a good signing for the Yankees, although Corey I think Kluber if it is, was someone Corey Kluber's like, a good name, but he's not the same. If it was the Mets, I'd be saying it's a great signing. That's my thing. Like, if it was the Mets, I was saying a great signing. If it's Boston, I'd say it's a great signing. I think you if just have to have something out against the Yankees. No. There's, it's not just the Yankees. I'll break it down for you. Number <laughs> one, you are too injury prone. You have a culture of injury in the Yankees. Everyone gets injured. Yeah. No one ever, like, if their foot hurts, they're out for two months. And, like, it's terrible. Everyone gets hurt. Corey Kluber has not been healthy in two years, for starters. For second... Corey Kluber makes his entire living on the outside in sinker and the outside to outside slider. slider. Yeah. So that requires two things: great framing and good blocking. There, there is a certain problem behind the plate when those two things because come up to Because you need to, to paint play. it on the outside corner for the sinker, and you need to block the slider in the dirt. That is an issue. I now I see a I see a point arising. Yes, and it's a so slight issue. For if you have the scary, catching, the scary man behind the plate, Gary who makes pitchers really scary. Gary makes pitchers look scary. <laughs> no, Gary. If you didn't have Gary Sanchez, I'd be all for this deal. But what if Higashioka is his catcher? Yes. But what if it's Gary Sanchez for right. three days? But then there's the third part of my argument is who's the manager making this decision? Ah, see, now you have you thought it all through. Now you thought it all <laughs> I through. Know so he might not ever pitch. He might. If he, he does pitches, he's pitching to the wrong catcher. And the right catcher won't get in because the manager is too dumb. Okay, no, your your argument is foolproof. I agree. <laughs> you you have convinced me that Corey Kluber will now be forever the worst Yankee ever. <laughs> He'll be terrible for a year. Probably go to Cincinnati and be great. The Sunny Grace trial. Probably. Why not? Why not? But let's say he is like decent. We might be able to move him for more. 
Maybe, but I don't know. Like, it would be like, kind of so stupid. many barriers to him being good. Yeah, I know. And on top of that, like your your ground ball defense is solid, man. Great. Uh, we're known. We're, so the Yankees. A thing hey, on top wait. Of that. The Yankees are known for their defense, bro. They so, like you know how the Rays are known for only hitting home runs. The Yankees are known for their defense. So I will say this. Um, there's a fourth thing that I didn't. That think was of. all sarcasm, by the way. There's actually five. So let's say that ground ball defense. I heard you. Yes. So ground ball defense. Um, the only good fielder in your defensive spectrum right is now is Urshela, and he's not. Or he's actually Lemayhew, and yeah. Urshela actually grades pretty average. Yeah, Lemayhew. And then you have the tyrannical, terrible shortstop of Labor Torres. Yes, who and then Boyd, who is in a good field. You heard that um, the Reds actually asked for Labor Torres straight up for Luis Castillo, and the Yankees said no. That is a terrible trade for the Yankees. As in, that should have been a trade they went through. Well, yeah, I know. said the opposite of what I meant. Yeah, it's actually right. a great trade for the Yankees. I don't know why they said no, but they did. Very actually, I'm very upset about it. To be honest, it would have been actually a pretty good deal. Um, to be fair, they would if they would have got him, they wouldn't have signed Kluber. That's fine. Kluber wasn't going to do well. I have another reason. On because of Luis that, Castillo. So if six. all four reasons, let's say their defense is completely different this year. Let's say that Aaron Boone goes to class and learns things. Um, and let's say that Gary Sanchez isn't catching. Let's say that he's even healthy. How you know he's going to perform in a big market? He played in Cleveland his whole damn life. In Texas, yeah. But Texas, he pitched one inning. He, he pitched well. But, I mean, you don't... It, I think... Like, I'm not okay, saying that's no, a no, big no. reason. See? Now, I think that, that reason is negligible because even though he didn't pitch in a big market franchise, he was literally the best pitcher in the league for at least two years. That's so, true. so... He, it's not like he wasn't getting any media coverage. Everyone knows who Corey Kluber is. If you watch baseball in like the 2016 era, like 2015 to 2016, you know who Corey Kluber is, and you're scared of Corey Kluber. That's fair. So like, it's it's not it's not um uh foreign to Kluber to have a lot of media coverage in a big market team because he was a big market player. Playing for a small market team. That's a fair point. Okay. For example, Francisco Lindor probably won't have that many issues playing in New York, because he was already a a big market player playing for the small market team Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like okay. you're not saying that about Lindor. That's a fair point. That's fair. But then again, then that only brings us down to four reasons. Yeah. No. I and I still think he's not going to be good. Are three too many for me to think it's. No. No. Stick. No. Four reasons are two too many. And <laughs> once two happens, I'm off. All right. Next, the Yankees stayed busy on January fifteenth. Next signing, DJ LeMahieu re-signing DJ LeMahieu to a six-year, ninety million dollar deal. That's fifteen million per year, and that is no nor front loaded, neither front loaded nor back loaded. Um, which I don't agree with. I think it should be front-loaded, but that's just me. Now, if this deal was front-loaded, I would be very happy. Since it's normal, I'm just happy and satisfied. Not happy, but satisfied, I think is a better word for it. As a Yankee fan, you have to bring LeMahieu back. You can't let him walk for nothing. I'm sorry. You can't. Like, as much as you, as much as it doesn't make, like, okay, we know the right way to build the Yankees. Like, we know what they should do, 
But, like, you can't let LeMahieu walk. I think you had to, like Didi, but, like, you can't. Like, you physically just can't. New York would burn itself to the ground if you let LeMahieu walk for nothing. So you sign LeMahieu. Now, this is where Kluber comes into play. You trade Glaber Torres to get Luis Castillo to solve the rotation problem. You know, get arbitration from Luis Castillo, have control over him for another two years. Don't sign Kluber. Use that $11 million to sign a shortstop, like maybe Andrelton Simmons. Have a solid up the middle, and then you're vibing. I like. I don't like this deal for the length. I'd rather you just pay DJ a f ton of money for like the next four yes, years. Yes, yes, but the Yankees couldn't do that well, the because they no 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 they couldn't do that. They actually they did do that. They offered him a similar deal as the Blue Jays, as four million and like eighty something. Uh, I mean four four years, eighty something million. You know that, right? Yeah. He got like four years, eighty eight million dollars, as an offer, from the Blue Jays and the Yankees around there. And then he said no. He wanted a lower AAV but a longer contract. To both of them. Well, I think he wanted the longer contract, not the lower AAV. No, he took lower. both. That's what that's well, that's no, what I he just took. He, no, he took the long. No one says I want less. Oh well, no, 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 no. But there was two options. I'm saying there was two options. It was either short contract with higher AAV or long contract with low AAV. And he took the long contract with low AAV. That's what I was saying. Well, yeah, but on the other end, I just think for the Yankees, I'm not even thinking for DJ. I no, I know that, Yankees. but the thing is, he wasn't going to sign that deal. Uh, he didn't want to sign that deal. And the Yankees had to sign him uh, back, so their hands are tied. Yeah, it's not it's not like it's not like MLB the show where you could just crank it up and he's green. Like it, he he's a human. He wants something, he's gonna get it. It's not like in MLB the show, oh, I want two to four years of twenty million dollars per year and you can give them thirty million dollars for one year and they'll sign that. In real life that doesn't happen. They want if they want job security, they're gonna get job security. They're not gonna go for anything else. I just don't think that I don't know. I don't think he's gonna age well. I don't see Lemayhu aging poorly because I don't see his him aging well. I don't think he's gonna age bad because I don't, care about, I don't care about his game. I don't think he's gonna play. Why? He's six foot ten. That's true. He is. How the heck is he gonna age? He's taller than Judge. Actually, I don't know how tall he is. No, I, he is tall. He is tall. I think he's just lanky. He's like, six four. He's six four. Okay, that's so tall. Yeah, like, for a second baseman, that's really for tall. For someone in their late, their mid thirties. Okay, yes, but he also plays a bunch of positions where he could go anywhere, and then he could eventually DH when he gets to immobile. I just see him as not. I don't like, see him aging well. Like by the time Voigt's contract is done with arbitration, Lemayhu's probably going to be too old to play second. You move towards the second. You move Lemayhu to first, and then you have your. The, uh, another shortstop coming nah, up. Nah, I just don't see it, homie. Like, I, I think it's a good contract. I th- I like it. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I ended up liking it. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think you're just a Yankee hater because everything I'm not Yankees. A Yankee hater. Everything Yankees do, you don't like. It's because I think they do stupid things. I just think you don't. I literally said that. If they got Luis Castillo for Larry Torres, I always said that's a great deal. Yeah, but you only say that because they didn't. No, they did always say that. Yeah. 
I literally said they should do that. Like, oh, before but... they even did it. Or before they were even asked about doing it. In the when? previous shows. When? I said they need to trade Torres and get a shortstop that's worth something. Oh, no. No, I know that. Yeah. I think you should trade Gleyber Torres, too. I think that... I thought I even thought they should sign LeMayu because they needed to. I just don't like the length of it. And I get it, but, like, I'm a, I am still think it's a valid criticism. A very valid criticism. If he's that... Long. No, I think it's a valid criticism of the contract, too. But you have to realize their hands are tied. So this is the best they can do, and I like the deal. Like, yeah. it's not a bad deal. It's not necessarily a bad deal. He's going to give you at least three good years. Three? I think three. I say he the next year is gonna be good, and then injuries are gonna start. Like I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be good for. I think he's gonna be good until year five of the deal. But I don't think he's gonna play enough for it to be counting as years. Like you know what I mean? I like, get I'm you. Not, I I see him playing a full season next year, right? Really good baseball. I see him playing about a hundred games the year after that, injured. I see about ninety games the year after that. And then I just see it getting worse and worse. Because I just don't think that his protocol player, and I'm not saying that like Yankee hate, I'm just being honest. Like, if the Giants signed up for that deal, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't. I would think it's a terrible deal. Like, because he's just going to be hurt. And I don't want to, like, I wouldn't play him that much if he's hurt. I don't know. I like the deal. I don't think he's going to be too injury prone. I don't think he's going to be too injury prone. I think, like, maybe in the back end, yes, because he will be, what, 39, 38? I wouldn't want to deal with him at that age. Like, he's going to be like Pedroia in his last couple of years, where he's just not even, like, he's too hurt. Well, for his last two years, I could see that. But that's what I said. I think in his last two years, he'll be just like that. But in his first three years, he's going to be good. He's going to be really good his next year. and then Year one and two, I think he'll be... Year one, he'll be worth more than 15. Year two, he will be worth 15. And then year three, he'll be worth less. I think that's decent. But then, then you also have three years after that, which makes the contract kind of bad. Yeah, no. I, I think it's... I think, I think year it, one and two, he's going to be worth more. But he's going to be worth, like... I think he's going to be worth a $30 million deal next year. Like, just yeah. like he's going to be worth over $30 million, But he's not going to get it, obviously. No. Um, but then the next year, I think he's going to be injured. He's going to be worth, like, 20. And I think he's going to go down. I just see him. Okay, so I see. I, I okay. I can get behind that. Year one and two more. Year three the same, and then four, five, and six less. I wouldn't sign that deal. Why? Because you have three years of burdensome money. Okay, yeah, but didn't you just say? Didn't you just say for the Washington Nationals that when it's time to when your window is there, you sign your players to compete? Yeah, but the Yankees don't have a window. They're yeah. not. I don't. I don't see the Yankees winning. Like that's my issue. It's because they don't have diversity. That's why I don't see them winning. But LeMahieu is the diversity. One player is not diversity. He, But he's the sole d- diverse player in that lineup. Everyone else does the same thing. So you have to sign him. No. That's what I'm saying. I said they should sign him. I A, don't like my or points, or I said they should sign him. I said I don't like the contract. I also said that I don't think that he, like, he does keep your championship window. He adds your championship window. But my problem I guess, like, a part of it is I am biased. Because I just think the Yankee management is stupid. I do, too. I do, too. I think that they're way too, like, they get way too focused on one player. And they don't do anything else. It's so annoying. They do it all the time. That's why they lost Robbie Cano. Because they were trying to, like, play the game with Robbie Cano. And then, like, the Seattle Mariners signed him. They just had nothing. Yeah. Like, they do it all the time. It's annoying. The only reason they signed Kluber is because they got done with the LeMahieu deal. Yeah. 
which is dumb. Well, no, they they signed Kluber. Yeah, second they did. Signed yeah, Kluber they, right they after. They signed him after. I remember the day. Yeah. And then after that, the Angels signed Kurt Suzuki to a one-year, $1.5 million deal. The Astros signed Pedro Baez to a two-year, $12.5 million deal. And the White Sox signed a big one, Liam Hendricks, a reliever, to a three-year, $54 million deal. That's $18 million per year for a reliever. That is huge money for a closing pitcher. I love it. But I think it's worth it. In my opinion, it's the best signing of the day. I think so too. Like I'm, so, like I think that Kurt. I Suzuki, agree too. I don't care what Kurt Suzuki. Pedro Baez is a human rain delay. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but Lemayhew. He's probably gonna end up being a good reliever. Too. Lemayhew has its its faults. Kluber is always hurt, and Liam Hendricks just is a good contract. Like, the problem with the Liam Hendricks deal, and like no one is getting it, is like the third year of the Liam Hendricks deal is like it's weird. So it's not actually the way it's laid out, because like if you do the math. It's weird. It's actually more like fifteen million, but like it has some. It's whatever fifty. How much money is it? Fifty four. It's fifty four divided by four, because it has like a weird thing to it. With that or. Yes. I don't know what just happened to my Wi Fi, but it just stopped working. Yeah, no. Because I it's it's oh, a really it, interesting contract. I got it. Like to just to look at. Like, it's eleven million next year. Yeah, it's a thirteen. Thirteen million, uh, uh, twenty twenty two, fourteen twenty three, and then fifteen and twenty four. Yeah, that's a, the thing is. But those last fifteen million dollars, he's getting regardless. Yeah, it's an he option. Have to and play the buyout them. is a fifteen year, fifteen million dollar deferral payment. Yeah. So like, I like that deal for the White Sox because he's worth that money. Yeah, Liam Hendricks definitely. is nasty. He has one of the best stories in baseball. He's a fan favorite. He's from Australia. Which is awesome. He's disgusting. He produces. He'll play great with that team because he loves to showboat. Their managerial decision decide. Yeah. The team loves to showboat. The team loves to get hype. And Liam Hendricks loves to do it too. I think I think it's a great deal. Great cl- they need they had no standout closer for me. It's finally there. Like Colomay was it before, but he doesn't miss bats. Yeah, no, that, but it's Hendricks is there. the best reliever in baseball. This that is what is they're gonna. Deal. This is what they needed to like. This is what move. I mean by signing people to make your extension, like your window, work. The thing is, the Yankees, the championship window is literally like many times. The Yankees are a rare team that they haven't really gone down since like the early nineties. Yeah, no, they've that's just true. been winning. That's true. So their championship window is forever. The problem is, is they just don't have a roster that sees in the playoffs anymore. That's yeah, the no, only difference. That's true. Is like their roster is all the same, but the Chicago White Sox getting Hendricks locks down that last bit that they need, in my opinion, to win. Yeah, and no, I, I think the White Sox are the team to beat in the AL uh, Central. Yeah, because the Twins haven't done anything. Yeah. Twins actually have gotten worse by getting rid of Ari Rosario. And Nelson Cruz. And Nelson Cruz. While the White Sox have gotten better, they've yeah. also, the Indians have gotten worse, the Royals are non factors. And the Detroit Tigers are also and, no and factors. The, yeah. They're negative factors to help your division out. Yeah. Um, and then the next, right? No, three days later, which is the day we're recording on this Monday, January 18th, the Philadelphia Phillies, they signed Archie Bradley to a one-year $6 million deal, which is good for their bullpen again. he's He wants them to sign JT. He said that. Oh, he did? Yeah. I love how he signed today and said that. No, he literally signed it, put the Phillies as his name, and said, hashtag sign JT. Just <laughs> immediately. Like, the minute he got there. That's hilarious. 
I thought that was really funny because he hasn't even been there like met anybody. He's like, we need J.T. Romero. Yeah, definitely. But Archie Bradley definitely is a cool uh, acquisition for the Phillies bullpen because you know they actually have a bullpen now. I think they should get Colome personally. No, I think Colome is the last uh, bit that they need. And then I, I think agree. they're gonna be a good team. They're gonna be a good team. They'll make a wild card. They'll kick out an NL, NL Central team, make a wild card, uh, and they get Colome. I don't know. The Giants are looking pretty good. There's always so many wild card spots. That is true. I true. think the Phillies are always my team to beat for the Giants because they're the exact opposite of the Giants, and they always compete for the last wild card, while the Brewers usually just end up taking it. Um, like every year. Yeah. Um, because they have a bunch of top tier talent, and like we don't, and like we have more mid tier talent. But this is good for them, and it actually makes me like, dang, we're gonna lose now because they have a terrible bullpen. They always have, and now they won't, which yeah. is wild. And if then, they get Alex Colomay, they're gonna be pretty good. Yeah, that's a fair point. They're going to be pretty good. Because their bullpen is literally the worst bullpen in the world. And the final acquisition, which is today, the New York Mets and the San Diego Padres trade Andy Rodriguez, Hudson Head, David Bedner, Drake Fellows, and Omar Cruz to the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is lottery picks. Is that what you said? Um, I like to call them, oh, Hudson, I called the other ones, they're called, like, yeah, they're called, like, lottery picks, where, like, you're just, like, betting on someone. Hudson Head's supposed to be a good starting pitcher, but I think the rest of these look to me like lottery picks. Andy Rodriguez, David Bednar, Drake Fellows, and Omar Cruz are all lottery picks to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Hudson Head also to the The term lottery picks basically means that a player that you, like, it's just a player that you're just shooting a fire. Like, it's just guessing. And they might be good. Like, that's, like, yep. the whole opinion of a lot of deals, especially deals for, like, mid- to low-tier value players. You trade for a lot of players. They tend to be what's called lottery picks. So they're just players that might work out, have the talent to work out, but have, there's always something wrong with them. And now you wonder why I said the New York Mets and the San Diego Padres trade these players. It's because it's a three-team trade, and the Padres trade Joey Lachese to the New York Mets. Lachese? Yeah. All right, San Diego Padres trade Joey Lachese to the New York Mets and the Pittsburgh Pirates trade Joe Musgrove to the San Diego Padres. Why did they need that? I have no idea. But this is a good trade for the, the Padres. This is a good trade for the Mets. Now, Pittsburgh, nice, I guess. It's a, I think the Pittsburgh might be my favorite out of all these trades because Joe Musgrove... Well, no, this is my favorite trade out of all the Pittsburgh trades in the last like two years. That doesn't really say much. It doesn't, but I think that you gotta remember they're the ones that Joe traded Musgrove, for Chris Archer. For once, they actually acquired a player at the they trade a player at the peak of Hudson the value. Head. Hudson Head. Hudson Head. Yeah. <laughs> well, they traded Joe Musgrove at the peak of his value. Yeah. Because he actually had a good year last year, three point five ERA. Um, they traded him for this package of beautiful players. Um, that I know a ton about. And the lottery picks that we know all about. But they got five players, and that's what matters. And they all have some sort of potential to win the trade for them. I think that Joey Lucchese really works for New York Mets because they have no substantial lefties. So I think it would be David Peterson and Steven Matz. But you know what? One's a top prospect who's young, and the other one is a former top prospect who's failed. So I think Lucchese brings another lefty to guarantee a lefty into that rotation at the end of the year. And then a Musgrove trade just gives a good control artist to San Diego for back-end pitchers. 
Yeah. A lot of moves, but nothing really crazy. Yeah, nothing real crazy. Just making the Padres rotation even deeper than it was, which they didn't even need because they have a bunch of prospects in the in the farm system that are ready. But I'm happy they trade away at least one of them. Yeah, no, like that makes one sense. of their depth. Yeah, no, that makes to... sense. They need to spread it out. Yeah, they need, they need to get to it out of the rotation. Yeah, and, and everywhere else. Joe Musgrove is more likely to be good than Joey Lucchese next yeah. year. So yeah, I like and that. One more thing before we sign off. The Washington Nationals are rumored to be in um, signing talks, contractual uh, talks with John Lester, the starting pitcher of the the, ex, the starting pitcher of the Cubs, which actually wouldn't be too bad for the Nats because they struggle with back end rotation support. Like they're really good they with their first three, but they lot. just struggle with a lot. And Lester could be a good end, a good back end to the rotation. And if he doesn't even work out out that well in the back end of the rotation. Put him in long relief. Why not? He's worst old. Worst to worst. Yeah. Four million dollars most likely. Yeah. Five million. So like it's a one year deal. Four million dollars. Like that's that's probably around the uh contract he would sign. Make it a little so bit it makes more sense. He's a, like an older, more established player. Yeah, but, but still, day, man, it's not going to be a lot. Eight million one year. It's one nothing. year deals. I don't really. It's the long money that makes me nervous. Me too. I agree. one year deals. Worst comes to worst, you just one and two year deals don't really make me nervous. It's when it exceeds four to five. When it exceeds four to five, I start to be like, okay, this could be a problem. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today. That's all the time we have for this episode. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Loaded underscore Talk, where you put out show updates, our baseball opinions, and retweet slash tweet out baseball news in real time. On our Twitter, we have our link tree pinned to the top of the page, where you can send us audio clips through anchor.fm of what you think about today's topics. That's at loaded underscore talk. We want to start incorporating you in our episodes, so thanks for listening, and we cannot wait for uh, wait to listen to some of you. So Carson and I are signing off, and welcome mm. to Season 2. Season 2. <laughs> <laughs>